You know what, Sam? What? Even though we're sick, we're here for our listeners. Yes, we are. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. Uh, We've hoped you have had a nice weekend. And yeah, both Sam and I, we were feeling a little bit under the weather. If you have a very, very bad cough. Um, So if you hear me kind of moving away from the mic every now and then while I'm talking, that's probably why, Sam, is you're also feeling under the weather. I think it's allergies, isn't it? No, I'm not sure what it is. (laughs) Some kind of an infection of some kind. Mm. Well, regardless, we are still here to uh, provide you guys content. Um, And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Metro Division. This is part two. Uh, we discussed both the uh, Pennsylvania teams, and uh, we talked about, I believe, Washington, too, along yep. with that. And now we're going to be talking about the New York teams, along with Columbus and New Jersey in this episode. But before we do, we're going to talk about some NHL news and then Kane's news. So, Sam, let's start this off. Um, Flames assistant general manager Chris Snow dies of... 42 years old of ALS. Uh, this was um, shocking a little bit when I heard about, or when I dived into the details of this, I heard it was really big on X. A lot of uh, credible uh, media outlets that cover the NHL reported on this. It's very sad that someone at this age dies of ALS. Yeah, it's always sad to see somebody with that condition go. It's- not a very good, it is a horrible disease, and um, definitely uh, thoughts and prayers with the family. Yes, definitely. Thoughts and prayers with the Snow family. And the uh, next uh, bit of news here, Sam, is uh, Minnesota, they were a little bit busy this week. Uh, they signed Ducarella to a two-year, $4.125 million contract, Sam. Uh, I think that is a very good contract, considering what Zuccarello brings to the team. He's a very good top six forward. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good move for them. Um, bring in a, a core piece of their their group <coughs> back. Uh, the one that surprised me was they got Marcus Foligno to a four-year, $4.1 million contract. A little surprised at the like, term. I did not like the m- money and the term, to be honest. I would have done it if it was more like the Zuccarello contract, like a two by 4.1, <coughs> but I don't know about the four. I don't know, but I agree with you on the four years. I think that is too long. What I do know is Marcus Foligno is a lot like... Um, Compare, since this is a Hurricanes podcast, he's a lot like a Jesper Foss type of player. Probably one of the best defensive forwards on the team. Very good. Um, but I just think $4.1 million con- contract in of itself is, I think, a little bit expensive. I mm. think I would have settled around $3 million or probably near the contract that Jesper Foss has. Because I'm, I'm kind of comparing him a little bit to Foss because that's part of his game. He's a very good big defensive forward for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but still good for the player to getting that contract. So good for both these guys. They get to stay where they're playing. And 
that's usually ideal for players if they like where they're at. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, so Minnesota was definitely uh, busy this past week. Uh, now we're going to get on to some Canes news, Sam. Uh, we had our double header Friday, and it turns out we lost both of those games. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go so good. Um, <clears throat> I know it's just preseason, but it's still irksome to see your veterans get shut out in a preseason game. Yes. Now, here's the thing, though. This was after the news that Vasilevsky was going to be out uh, for a couple months. So the young goalie for Tampa here probably was like, I'm going to prove myself. This is my opportunity to try and win a starter position with Vasilevsky out. So I understand that mentality. Again, um, I don't like seeing our veteran squad getting shut out. I don't, but it is preseason. And considering that the Tampa goalie has a lot to prove himself, especially with Vassy out. Yeah. And obviously, I think the Hurricane vets probably are going to have that excuse of like, listen, it's preseason. We just don't want to get hurt. Uh, we want to get, kind of just use this game as just a conditioning game to help get into the regular season. So I'm completely fine with it. Yeah, I guess. For the most part. I guess I, I just I get concerned. When the the big glaring problem this team's had the last five years is the inability to finish, but that's going, and we're seeing it already. That's, it's that's, like that's going to come up because they didn't solve that. So we're going to see um, scoring droughts throughout the season. Uh, again, they brought in Bunting to help with that. Again, I think and he Bunting helped, looked good, but and he's not the solution because Bunting was with the prospects and PTOs. I mean, him and Dino D'Angelo or La. Bunting, the veterans in that group, did pretty good. Yes, they did. Because those are the guys who got the points. Yes, Bunting, I thought, get, did really good by scoring on a rebound in the uh, on the squad with that's mostly contained of prospects and PTOs. Um, he he scored on that rebound goal. And then I believe, and DeAntos looked really good. He's been on that squad. I thought I had heard something online that said that they were going to try and rotate D'Angelo often on the forward mm-hmm. lines. And I was like, I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that either. I mean, here's the thing. And I remember the, I think it was one of the first preseason games, Sam, when I watched it, uh, D'Angelo did have a couple of glaring defensive turnovers. But we already know that he's going to have those. Now, does he still need to get better at it? Yes, he does. But at the same time, that's not his game either. He's an offensive defenseman, which I think is part of the reason why if we saw him at forward, we wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. No, I think that'd be okay too. But again, I don't know how accurate it was, what I saw, but... Wouldn't be the worst idea to utilize him as a forward. Yes, and obviously... Especially given the backlog of defensemen. I mean... I, I think you, this... You, you could afford it. You could. I'm just trying to think who you scratch on the forward group. I guess Nason. I guess. Uh, I don't I guess. know. So here's the thing. You can't do jury because you need a center. Yes. That is a good point. And I don't know if it's worth scratching a guy like Nason to put D'Angelo in the forward group. And again, I think, didn't you say this was all just like rumors that you've heard? It was just something I happened to see online. Yeah, you just don't know if it was true. No, so, I yeah. would probably lean toward it not being true. But, I mean, to be fair, Burns played a forward before, so it's not like, you know. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and another thing, too, Sam, as we're recording this, um, I saw that the Hurricanes were practicing 
today, and the power play groups kind of remain the same. D'Angelo is with Burns, which I completely understand. Burns is known for a shot, so if you would want him to play like uh, on a, on his offside in a wing position, I, I think that could be good with D'Angelo kind of being the quarterback because of his playmaking ability. Because um, if you're a quarterback, I do think you have to have a good good passing ability, which D'Angelo certainly has. Uh, Burns at times last season did struggle as the a power play quarterback, but I think D'Angelo is more of a fit there, and I could see that really working. And Sam on the second power play unit, we saw Orlov yep. um, kind of being a quarterback for the second power play unit. So I think I think this is this could work out, Sam. With I mean I know we talked about like trading Brett Pesci, but th- th- this could work out. With I think you're probably going to have seven defensemen. Uh, Jalen Chaffield is probably going to be the extra, but I think it could work out. Don't you think? We'll have to wait and see. I, I just I don't like the amount of defensemen we have. I just think it's too much. It you could argue probably maybe it's too much. I would argue is that you don't have because of the amount of depth you have on D. You don't have the amount of depth you have on forward because you need depth across. Both ways. You have it with goaltending with three goalies. I'm going to assume that this organization feels that players like... I'm just going to assume they believe that Suzuki, Reese, Ponomarov, um, maybe even Unger Sorum, because that dude's probably been one of the most impressive players in camp. Oh, he's been amazing. He might make things difficult for this organization in order to send him down. I could see him getting some... uh, a couple of games, you know, right? Because you got what ten games, and then you got to send them down, right? Yes. So now we are recording this before. Brandon no Moore one's been sent down. Yeah, no one's cuts. been cut yet. So I mean, I, I could see him doing that. I I expect them to make a lot of cuts, but in the next 24, 48 hours. But they don't play another game until Friday, so they have like all week. Yeah, Sam, I expect there to be cuts by then. I do. I I do too. Um, I'm a everyone knows I'm a big fan of Suzuki. I think he's looked fine. He's a really great shot. Um, he's someone I, I think Jack Drury's it's been between him and Drury, and I think it's a little bit. I like Jameson Reese too. I think Jameson Reese has played very, very well. Yeah, I liked what I've, I've seen from the prospects because that's kind of I what lo- I, think I love. Unker Swarm has to be me been the most impressive prospect for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do coming down the road because I think him and our. T- I mean, it's our second overall. That's our second round pick from this last year. And, and he's playing like a guy that was drafted in the first round. So uh, if he doesn't play this year, I mean, maybe he makes it difficult and he comes in and, and plays a few games in the NHL. I'm cool with that. I think that'd be fun for him. I don't think he stays the full season here just because you got players like Suzuki and Jameson Reese and Panamarov exactly. who yeah. can send up and down without any kind of problems and without burning a, con- a year of a contract. Yeah, so definitely. maybe they put him in. You know, we're going on the West Coast swing, right? Having Unger Storm in there, popping in and out of the roster, you know, with Kevin Lemieux getting him some games in the NHL on that fourth line. Cool with that. After the West Coast swing, you send him back into play in the juniors, and then you reevaluate next year. But again, I you know me personally, I would never have signed Caleb Jones. I probably would have looked to sign a veteran fourth line center. Well, like a Stasny, like a Stahl. There are fourth veteran, fourth line centers that were available that you should have been willing to look at. And I think it's a mistake that that wasn't done. But 
Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's a good point to be made there, but and that's just um, an example using Caleb yeah. Jones. But I, I think we could have foregone a defenseman and gotten, at the very least, a depth centerpiece. Again, yeah. Eric Stahl's available. We still have Dylan Coughlin. Too. Yeah, I mean, Stahl's available. Uh, uh, Stasny's available. So you have options. Yeah, although I do think, <clears throat> from what I've seen from Caleb Jones, I do think Jones is better than Coughlin. I mean, sure. I don't. I mean, again, I'm saying. I'm just using him as an example. Yeah. I would have been cool with one of them just not playing. Yeah. I, I think there is an argument to be made there. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of our thoughts, uh, both preseason and just training camp in general. Uh, so now we're going to look at the remaining teams of the Metro. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code THPN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus pass expires seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, Sam. Uh, we're going to start with a team that I think probably is mostly New York Rags. I think mostly a lock for the playoffs, and I think that's the New York Rangers. Um, so with the Rangers, I don't think they got better. I think they actually got worse. Uh, they're probably banking on some of their younger players getting better, and I always feel like that is for a team that's trying to win now, and given what they did last year, that's the situation they feel like they ha- they're in them right now and all the moves that they made. But I just, other than... I, I, now they bring in Blake Wheeler. Sure, he's old. Which which <laughs> is a veteran player, and that makes sense of a team that's in win-out mode. You bring in yeah. a veteran guy. I mean, I don't think Capococco is quite ready to do things. Kreider is still very good. He had a much he had a significantly down year compared to last year. Panarin's very good. Trocek's one of those spotty guys. Wheeler's getting older. Does he stay where he's at, or does he take a step back? You need Lafreniere to take a step. You Lafreniere, need to take I th- a step. I think Lafreniere is the real wild card here because I think Kako, you could maybe see him getting to be a bust type of player. Both but of these Lafreniere, guys. Lafreniere, I could see being the real wild card for Both them. of these guys need to get somewhere between combined to produce 20 points more than they did this year. So somewhere each maybe getting 10 plus more points. 
I think, to really be in contention. But it, I think, my opinion, their biggest glaring weakness is their defense. I really just see Fox and Miller. I don't really like Lindgren. I don't like Gustafson. I don't like whoever the heck Schneider is. And Jacob Trube is just dirty. He's not really a good defenseman. So, other than Fox and Miller, I really don't see much on the defense for New York. And and Lindgren. Lindgren, he's a... I think he's fine. Horse. I think he's fine. But I, I think, when you look at the New York Rangers, their absolute best situation is their goaltender. There is nobody better than Igor Shesterkin on this roster. He's a guy who's going to win them games. And simply because they have Shesterkin, that's why they're probably going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very, very well. And they have Quick as a backup. So, I mean, Quick's still a good goalie. That's going to be a good tandem, Sure. I think. If Shesterkin goes down, they're going to have no problem putting Jonathan Quick in there. Stanley Cup champion, very solid veteran, one of the best American goaltenders of all time. Yeah, they're not going to have a problem with Quick going in. Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I probably mostly agree with you. I think uh, I, I still think their defense uh, got probably a little bit better because they did add Eric Gustafson in the off season. He got forty two points this past season. There, so they're probably wanting a little bit more offense from their defense. I guess we're just looking at this from a metro colored lens because Carolina's got the best defense in the Metropolitan and then New Jersey's oh, probably number 2 cuz they've got Dougie. So it, it's just like well okay. He, I think New Jersey's defense is a little bit overrated, but we'll get to them later in this. <clears throat> what scares me about the Rangers again, just Starkin given he's scary good, right? And we dealt with this team in the playoffs and they beat us. And because a little of bit Shisterkin. of and a little bit of Kreider. Yeah, well that's what I'm getting to the next point. Their penalty kill is good because of Shesterkin. Their goals for is good because of Kreider, Zabinijad, Panarin. Their goals against, again, Shesterkin, no shock. But what scares me here is their power play. It's a top 10 power play. And that's because Zabinijad, Kreider, Panarin, right? These Trocheck. guys, Trocheck. Look these, at their center core. Like, it's dangerous. Like, these, this power play unit's going to stare scare the snot out of me. Yeah, I, think out of anybody. I think it's going to go up with the addition of Eric Gustafson. And what's funny about the power play is it got worse when they brought in all those players because they moved what was working around and it just didn't work. Yes, exactly. And, and, and Sam, this is probably part of the reason of, <coughs> I mean, when it comes to going all in at the trade deadline, uh, a, Opponents of going all in are, are going to point at the Rangers being like, well, look, they got Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, and they still didn't get out of the first round, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the inability to mesh, and they changed too much. Yeah, right? They didn't fix... Their, the, the, the problem with New York was not their offense. New York was fine. They had something going for them. They didn't show any kind of problems with scoring droughts or anything like that. I think when you go into the deadline, you have to fix the problem and fix the holes, right? And well, I think those four, holes, they were 12th, so they were outside the top 10. They are, but they're still at the top half of the league. I just My view here is I don't feel as though they were in a, were in a place where they needed to add where the, what they added. Of course, you're going to go get Patrick Kane, though. He only wanted to come to New York. That makes sense. Now, I've seen some stuff online that Patrick Kane in Florida... He's not going to go to Florida. 
I was about to say, I mean, that's a completely different environment from those big cities like Chicago, like, like, like New York. Look, I know we kind of did I some... I could see L.A. Those people that's we did, uh, you did the little thing with for the Florida series. One, I, I, they're, they're talking oh, about... That. Yeah, they're talking about, oh, Kane's going to come to Florida. Are y'all a bunch of morons? He's not going to go to Florida. He's not going to go to Florida. If you're not going to come to Carolina, he sure as heck isn't going to go to Florida. He's not going to go to Tampa. He's going to go to some big city market. He's going to go to Buffalo. He's going to go to Philly. He's going to go back to New York. He's going to go somewhere to big market. That's the kind of player he is. That's the kind of person he is. He wants to be in a big market. Whatever. I, I hate that about Detroit. players. Detroit. He's going to go somewhere where it's it's going to make him a bigger player. Right? And that's what he wants to do. And whatever, it's fine. And Florida, you can be all in on Patrick Kane all you want, but if he don't want to come to Florida, it doesn't matter what you offer him. He can go to Florida. And you also don't have the cap space for it, so I don't know what you think you're going to do. Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of it, too. But I think another part of it is that I think every fan would love to have Patrick Kane sure. on their team. Sure, I would love Patrick Kane. Yeah. I've told you multiple yeah. times. What I would do <laughs> is i trade Pesci, i trade Teravine, and pick some prospects and say, Kane, here's $10 million. Let's Let's make this work. One by ten. I give him all of it, right? Because what he brings is just so wonderful. And you start the season with him. You're not going to, whatever kinks are there are going to work itself out as you go. But I also know he wants to go play in a big market. I've seen Buffalo as a very likely landing spot for him. I think that makes sense. I think he's from Buffalo or something like that. He might be. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Don't expect, don't, don't expect Kate to go to Florida. That would shock me. Again, they don't have the cap space for it. But yeah, he's he's born in Buffalo, New York. So that, I, I think it's more likely he goes to Buffalo, and that could be the piece that puts them over the top too. Yeah, it very well could be. They're already a scary team as is. But the Rangers, I guess, if I'm saying I'm scared of a player, it's always going to be Shesterkin. Uh, to me, it's going to be Kreider, just because he's a cane killer. He's always been very good against us, and I don't like it. And it seems like Trotrack is starting to become a bit of a Canes killer too, because he's always gotten. Quite a few points recently in our games against the Rangers. So, yeah, that's our assessment of the Rangers. Um, I do think a lot of this team is uh, rides on the back of Shesterkin. Um, I think their defense has gotten a bit better, but I think the main thing is probably the young guys. Can they step up? The Cockas of the laughing years of the world. So the uh, next team, Sam, a little bit of a different spot than the Rangers. It's I... the New York Islanders. Every time I look at this roster, I just don't see a game changer. Except maybe Horvat, maybe Barzal, but even then, I mean, Horvat had 70 points. He really didn't do all that well when he got to New York. Matthew Barzal. But that could that could change, obviously. He, Remember when we got Trocek and Shea at the deadline? It didn't really mesh well, but once the season started after that, they were pretty good. I mean... Barzell only had 14 goals. He only played 58 games, but Palmieri's getting older. Brock Nelson's definitely not the player he used to be. I mean, he did pretty good this year. I don't expect that to continue. Anders Lee, I don't think... I think he takes a step back. Matt Martin's older. But here's here's the thing. That fourth line is still going to be pretty good. They're going to be tough. That's what they are. Their defense, I think, is fine. I think they're a bunch of... Their they, defense is They have no offense their, on their blue line. They have yeah. a bunch of defensive defensemen, which fits their style. Again, the reason why they're going to play where they are is simply 
they have the best goalie in the National Hockey League. Or the I think he's the second one of the best. best. I think yeah. he's the second best goalie in the National Hockey League in Ilya Sorokin. And they have the best backup goalie in the National Hockey League in Semyon Varlamov. Sorry, Toronto and Kachekov. It's Varlamov. They have a one they have a one A, one A goaltending situation, right? They got two starting goaltenders. Uh, but the power play is trash. Their penalty kill is good. That's not a shock. Goals for is trash. Goals against is good. Again, these stats match their roster. They have oh, they does. don't have goal scorers on their team. They they have worse. They have less goal scoring ability than the Hurricanes do. But they're similar in that they have and, and shutdown. Def- yes, a lot less skill. They don't have a Natchez. They don't have a Jarvis. They don't have an Aho. Well, maybe they do with Horvat and Barzell. But again, the goals, the numbers, their their special teams numbers mimic their roster. Right, the power play is awful, and I mean really bad. Fifteen point five percent or fifteen point eight percent—that's not good. No, it's not. But their penalty kill, eighty-two point two percent, ninth in the league, that's top ten. Good. That's where you need to be if you want to be to make the playoffs. Look, the Islanders. I think. I think I said that they, I believe they're going to miss, but they're going to be a very good team just by the way they play. It's a very sound defensive team. They're not exciting. They're the two thousand early two thousand version of the New Jersey Devils. The shutdown yeah. team, right? Yeah, they have their well version of Marty Brodeur. They've got their version of the trap system they play. And it frustrates teams. But, if again, if I'm saying there's a team player on this roster I'm scared of, it's Sorokin. There's nobody else here that I'm like, oh, he scares me. It's Sorokin. Dude's good. Yes, um, I am with you. To me, it is Sorokin all the way. He is a great goalie. Sam, just imagine him being on the Hurricanes. Now, here's, here's another question I have for you. Do you think Matt Barzell, um, that if he was on a very good team like a Hurricanes, like a Colorado or New Jersey, do you think he'd be a first-line player, or do you think he might only be a second-line type of player? I mean, maybe he replaces Jarvis on our group just because of experience, so you bump some people down a little bit. But I view Barzell as a player that's redundant on the Hurricanes roster. Um, mainly because I don't know if he is that much better than Jarvis or that much better than Natchez, which are the players that you would bump down, right? So, I don't... I mean, you're not going to bump Svetch. You're not bumping Ajo. You're not bumping uh, Bunting because you need that grit. You're not. I mean, maybe you move Bunting down to the fourth scoring line, but I don't know if that's why you brought him here to begin with. So, you would say you would probably see him kind of... Would you say, like, maybe in between Natchez and Jarvis, maybe? Yeah, I guess so. But, again, at that point, you have to decide, <coughs> is it that much of an upgrade? Exactly, yeah. And I don't view that, and because to get him would be ridiculously hard. But, again, he's not going anywhere. This is just conjecture. There's no thought that but they're, even they're shopping Barzell. But I view Barzell as redundant on a Hurricanes roster. I mean, it just depends on where you look at him. On the Islanders, yeah, he's top player. If you put them on Columbus because of their offense, and you know, we'll I mean just a quick look: Goudreau, Roslevic, and um, Line A, Jenner. I mean, maybe he fits in that top group too. But for Columbus's forwards are good. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, but yeah, Barzell. I mean, I think it just looks at where he plug gets plugged in and what team he would be plugged in at. Carolina. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily want to move any of our players down for Barzell. Yeah. Now, I do think there is a wild card, and I think um, that is the young forward and Oliver Wallstrom. 
Um, he was pitched in the same draft as Sveshnikov. Um, he had 16 points in 35 games. I think if they make the playoffs, he's going. He has to. He's going to be a lot better. He's he's a young guy, 23 years old. But again, it's going to be really hard to see them in the playoffs just because of the other teams. Oh, the Metro is hard, and plus you got to compete with the Atlantic. And I think you and I both said we only believe that it's more likely that there's two Atlantic wild card teams versus a single. Metro. I think the Atlantic Division is the toughest division in the National Hockey League. Right I do now. too. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our view of the Islanders. Um, we both agree Sorokin's probably the most intimidated player from a Hurricanes perspective because he is very good at shutting down uh, Hurricanes. Even though we were able to get past him um, and win <coughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, their style is designed to frustrate opponents, but we were just better. Yes, and one thing I will give to Islanders, they're more, they're probably more physical than us now with the additions of Bunting and Lemieux and Orlov. Careful, we'll bite them now. Yeah, we might bite them now. <laughs> but um, I might still give them the physical edge there. But again, they just don't have the offense like we do, and I think our defense is better than theirs. Um, they just have better goaltending physicality. Uh, so the next team, Sam, is Columbus. I'll let you start with Columbus. Okay, all right. Uh, so for Columbus, to me, this is a team. I kind of compare them a little bit to Detroit, where I think they're going to be sneaky good. I really do. I think there's tons to like. Part of the reason why they didn't make um, the playoffs last year and honestly were very bad last year was because of injuries you had uh Wierenski, who was out uh for the majority of the season he only played 13 games uh Wierenski got three goals five assists eight points 13 games uh he was a huge reason him being out was a huge reason why columbus didn't make it but if if health is on their side columbus could be a very good team and carolina I am talking to you right now. Do not underestimate Columbus. No, Columbus is a team you do not underestimate. Columbus is a team that has more goal scorers than you do. Flat out, Goudreau is more of a... Goudreau knows how to put the puck in the net, and so does Lionel. So they got two guys who can put the puck in the net. And it seems like Marchenko could be another one, too. He got <coughs> 21 goals, four assists, and 25 And points. Adam Fantilli is going to be good. Oh, yeah, he is. He's doing, he, what Columbus is lacking right now is that first line center. But there's reason for optimism because you drafted Adam Fentelli. And heck, if he comes in and just lights it up, dude might become that first line center this year. Yes, you also have Kent Johnson. I think that's another candidate that's gonna that could be a first line center. And Cole and I don't even have him on here, but Cole Sillinger. Um, he, I think he could be a top six forward as well, although I don't think his ceiling is as high as Fentelli and Kent Johnson. I think that's definitely a reasonable outlook. I mean, again, just taking a look at their stats last season, they weren't good power play. They were at the bottom, 26th, Bentley kill 25th. Goals for 30th, goals against 31st. Again, bottom of the league. I think these numbers drastically change by about 10 to 15. I expect them to be in the middle of the pack this year, but that's a huge jump and a huge difference for these players. Yes, and team. another thing too, Sam, you look at their defense, it's completely different. I now, think the only- Jake Bean, he's not <laughs> even on here 
because of the amount of defense that they have. They added Provorov and Damon Severson. Uh, this this could be a underestimated defense group right here. I think that's reasonable to assume. I would be very interested to kind of see what happens here with these players. Um, I think they're going to be fun to watch. At the very least, they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yes, definitely. Uh, so I, I do expect um, power play, penalty kill, goals for, goals against. I expect those to go up probably uh, more so on the goal scoring front than the um, probably the defensive aspects like the PK and the goals against. And I think part of that too, let's look at their goalies here. Uh, obviously, they traded out Jonas Corposalo to LA. So you're left with Merce Lincolns and Ted Arasov. Now, both goalies didn't play that good. I mean, we'll see what happens, season. right? So if they improve well, right? If you can get, if you their numbers get better, I think this team is very good. But I think, again, their question marks are goaltending. So we'll wait and see kind of what happens with Columbus. I think goaltending is a wild card. If there's a player on here that I'm interested or afraid of, it's going to be either Goudreau or Line A. Mm-hmm. So they're good hockey players. They could score. So that's a player that and those are players that anyone should be worried about if they got the buck on their stick. True. Although the player that I'm probably most interested by, so I kind of, the question I put on Columbus is a bit different because they're not really um, a playoff type of team like the Rangers and Islanders. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Adam, Adam Fentelli. I think he could be very good. I think it's possible, yeah. Uh-huh. He, he could be very good. There's a lot of hype around him. I think he's going to be very well. And obviously, um, a huge part of their piece, Zach Wierenski, he's going to be very good as well. So, yeah. Uh, next team is going to, New Jersey. This is the team, Sam, that's going to be neck and neck with us for first. Again, there's not much to say about New Jersey that we haven't already said because we praise this team all the time. Their offense is the most lethal offense in the Metropolitan Division. Yes, all the Hurricanes fans are going to be upset that I said that, but I'm so, so sorry. It's just true. How many teams have Bratt, (coughs) Hughes, Toffoli, Mercer, Heischer, Meyer, Palat, Halla, Holtz? That's your top six. Mercer. Mercer, yeah. I mean, good Lord. This team is... You probably you probably have seven forwards right there. That is um, top, top six, six material. Yeah. This team's offense is great. Eric Halla, he got 41 points. Yeah, look, we hate him, but he's a good hockey player. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is. And then, I mean, look at their defense. Their defense ain't so bad either with, we're in, with um, sorry, Siegenthaler and Hamilton to start on your top, then Luke Hughes. I think at that point, your, your bottom six on the defense is a bit icky, but... I mean, you still got Dougie, so you're going to get more offense right there. So this and team, Luke Hughes. I think Luke Hughes is kind of going to be a little yeah. bit of a Quinn Hughes type of player, getting lots of points. This team is geared and designed to outscore their problems on any other aspect of their roster, right? So their goal is we're going to beat you six. You're going to be, we're going to beat you seven to five. That's how they view it. So and this is the problem that they have, yeah. and this brings into their problem. I think their weakest link is their goaltending, right? Exactly. We lit them up in the playoffs. We shouldn't be lighting up New Jersey. Well, so I think part of the reason why we won pretty sing pretty easily, 
I think is a good argument um, in the playoffs. It's because I think it's both their goaltending and their defense. Now, I think Schmid probably played a little bit better than Vanacek did because I think Vanacek was not good at all for them. But even then, um, I still think their Achilles heel is going to be their goaltending. And Sam, there's going to be some growing pains, obviously, with that defense. You have a couple of young defensemen and Kevin Ball and Luke Hughes. Um, and it, Dougie it, can it, get walked. So yes, I mean, Dougie can. can get walked. We walked him. Other teams have walked him. He got walked when he was on our team. Look, I love Dougie Hamilton. I really wish we had found a way to keep him on this roster. But you have to be an idiot not to recognize that there's flaws in his game. Oh, there is. So, look, I, I think when you look at this team's numbers, power play, 13, I think that goes up. Their penalty kill was fourth. I actually believe that goes down. Uh, their goals for, I think that sits at about fifth in the league, if not bumps up a little bit. Their goals against eighth, I think that goes down a little bit. I think it stays the same. Honestly, I, I, think, I, can't, I, te- I can't see their defense being a top five defense. I, I think, just can't. Again, I think my belief here is that their offense is still again. It's designed to outfix. It's designed to outscore their problems, which is why their power play will probably be a little bit better, and their goals for might be a little bit better. But the PK and goals against might go down again. They're gonna. They're, they're all out offense. That is how they're gonna win these games, and that's how they feel they can win a cup is by outscoring issues. Now here's what it did work against us. Yes. Now here's what's interesting with New Jersey. Um, they. Uh, if you look at their um, home record, it is not that good this past season. So obviously right, they need that. they so they need to be better at home. Uh, they were great away. They were twenty eight nine and four, but at home they were twenty four thirteen and four. Um, so a bit more of a mixed bag. They still won more on, at home, but no, not as much as on the road. So we'll they that need to get to better. If they can get better at home, this team's going to be very good. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, uh, the most player I'm intimidated um, by is probably going to be Jack Hughes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Jack Hughes, uh, very good. Timo Meyer, very good. So this team's very good. That's offense. <laughs> yes, They're it all, is. I get, if I were to say it, it scares me the most, offense. Oh, yeah, it, it is. So, yeah, uh, that, has our, that has our rundown of the Metro teams as us wrapping up. This episode, we have hoped you enjoy it, and Friday we might have a uh, guest. Yep, we'll announce it for sure once it's official. Yes, definitely. So we will see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.